new CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Yeah, here we go. Let's get into the fantasy finals, baby. It is week 17. For most of you, one week left. And some of you freaks out there playing two more weeks. Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. All right. Well, a total dud last night, but, you know, fun week of football. And uh, if you're listening, that probably means that you advanced. And happy holidays, everybody. Dave and Jamie, happy holidays again. What's up? What's going on? How are you? Good, you know, good waiver wire week. Right? We got these running backs. We got three potential. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not going to be much competition for the people on the waiver wire. But there's a lot of fluidity here. Yes. A lot of movement that can change the order. So it's it's kind of tricky. It's a tricky week. That's how I would classify it. Right, but just a week where you've got at least the potential of Zamir White, Clyde Edwards-Zillaire, uh, who am I forgetting? The third one. Khalil Herbert. Uh, Khalil Herbert. Potentially. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, Chris Rodriguez got hurt. So in the shallow leagues, you had even more players, too. You know, Antonio Gibson, maybe. And All right, anyway, we'll get it through. You know, let's get right to it. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Jamie, who are the top priorities this week? I mean, you mentioned it. It's those three running backs. Um, you know, most likely, I'd be very surprised if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not in a featured role for the Chiefs. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco suffering a concussion on Monday and no Jared McKinnon. So you're looking at an unbelievable matchup with uh, the Bengals. So if Pacheco clears the concussion protocol, 
he clearly will be the lead guy, but um, we've seen how that goes in a short week, so it could be tough. So Clyde would be number one. Number two would be Zamir White, but Josh Jacobs was close to playing in that game on Monday, so just keep that in mind if you're trying to you know, count on him for this week. Um, and then the third one would be Khalil Herbert, but Deontay Foreman missed the game for personal matters, mm. and it's not like it's an easy matchup against Atlanta. They've now become the number one team in fewest fantasy points against running backs, or number two. Um, so they're up there. So you're talking about, you know, three, as Dave said, good word, uh, fluid situations um, for for those those three guys. But for Clyde, it looks most likely like he's got a chance to be in a prominent spot. And Dave, your take on this, your top priorities? I agree. Uh, we actually had the exact same top three. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be first. Samir White would be second. Khalil Herbert would be third. I tried looking for information on Deontay Foreman, and not a lot came up. So maybe one of you had better luck. Maybe someone in our YouTube chat had better luck. Um, but I, I think that if you had to get one of these running backs, Clyde would be the one to lock into because McKinnon on IR, Pacheco concussion, tough to expect him to come back. So even And even if Pacheco does come back, you'll get something out of Clyde Edwards-Elaire. What about I'm fine at running back. I'm going to take a shot. I hope it doesn't come to this on Sam Darnold against Washington. I'd be very surprised if Brock Purdy didn't play. Yeah, it's a stinger. Hopefully he plays. But all right, Yeah, so- I mean, they, they, they kind of expressed confidence that he'd be back out there. And I'm going to guess if it was a closer score that he would have gone back out there. Agreed. Now, we, we've seen it before um, where quarterbacks the day after start to suffer concussion symptoms. And if that happens to Purdy, then Darnold would have to be in the conversation at quarterback. But there's there's some decent quarterbacks that are still out there and 40-plus percent of CBS leagues. We'll talk about them, the Flacco's, the Cars, yeah. Nick Mullins, if you want to go there. I don't know if you do. But Darnold would absolutely be in that mix if uh, if there were no Brock Purdy. Here's how the schedule lays out this week at the Jets and Cleveland on Thursday, Detroit at Dallas on Saturday night. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, here we go. And then you've got everything else on Sunday and no Monday night football game. By the way, I'm doing the Dak Prescott in case, you know, in case you're not aware. But yeah, Jets, Cleveland, Jets, Cleveland. I I mean, I know everyone's not going to be excited to watch that game necessarily, but from a fantasy standpoint, going to be some pretty interesting decisions there. Jets and Cleveland. It's going to be really, really interesting to see who trusts Flacco. Mm. Yeah. And do you trust Garrett Wilson? Um, more so than I do Flacco. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I cannot wait for that Saturday night game. All right. So we gave you Clyde, Zamir White, and Khalil Herbert. Of course, we'll give you players at other positions very soon, in fact. Uh, we are finalists for the best fantasy betting and gaming podcast category in the Sports Podcast Awards. There's a link in the episode subscription. There's also the QR code that you see if you're watching on YouTube at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. The whole process would take you about 30 seconds, but we got links everywhere. If you don't want to click a link, go to sportspodcastawards.com. Click vote now and then look for the best fantasy betting and gaming podcast. Please vote for fantasy football today. That would be super awesome of you. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to vote for fantasy baseball today in the baseball category, you can do that as well. I think there's probably some more CBS podcasts in here, but sportspodcastawards.com. Let's win this one, baby. Be our holiday gift from from you to us. We thank you so much for your support, but 
again, it's so it's going to be quicker than this promo right now. That's how long it would take. That you'd be done by now if you started when I started speaking. News and notes. Trevor Lawrence left with a shoulder injury. It is not believed to be serious. Uh, he'll probably play, right? I mean, again, but against Carolina. Don't know how much you'll like him this week. Um, Brock Purdy left with the stinger. Jaco- I still haven't seen anything on Jacoby Brissett since we last spoke. Is there an update on the commander's quarterbacks? No, Ron Rivera did not give an answer on Sunday, and I don't think they said anything on Monday. We don't know if he's going to talk on Tuesday or Wednesday either. So as soon as as soon as soon he's in front of a microphone again, he'll say that Brissett's the starter and, and we'll move on. And, yeah, they're facing San Francisco, so there's that. Uh, Terod Taylor replaced Tommy DeVito, and they did not uh, – Brian Dable did not – Say anything after the game. I'm sure he was in a really good mood. Uh, Chris Rod- from what what, the, what I saw, they, he didn't say much of anything at all. Yeah, he, he's he's an ordinary guy. He doesn't like losing. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris Rodriguez hurt his foot after scoring two touchdowns against the Jets. Isaiah Pacheco was evaluated for the concussion. He's in the concussion protocol. Jalen Waddle has a high ankle sprain. They have not ruled him out for the game at Baltimore. I apologize to Baltimore, by the way. Me too. Sorry for doubting you. Yeah. Sorry for benching your DST for the Broncos. Big mistake. Well, that's that's just something that you have to deal with. Yes, but yes, I mean, what a what a performance. Uh, Agreed. MVP is we have a front runner, I believe. Oh yeah, Gus Edwards. The uh, the odds the odds change in the middle of the game was interesting. Did they? Yep. I think he went from uh, I forget where he was, but he was third, and he went to minus one fifteen. That just means that people were betting it during the game. Possibly, quite possibly. For sure. I feel like Purdy has no chance now. Nope. No, it's it's. I mean, if anything, it's McCaffrey. Yeah, but you can't throw four interceptions in the biggest game no. of the year and win the MVP, no, especially this time of the season. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Addison left with an ankle injury, not believed to be serious. So keep that in mind if you're looking at KJ Osborne. However, TJ Hawkinson get to him. There were multiple reports that said week to week. Week to week. Okay. All right. So he might be out against Green Bay, and Green Bay has been really bad on defense lately. The last three weeks. Yuck. Cortland Sutton is in the concussion protocol. That's pretty interesting. I mean, we're not necessarily going to talk about Jerry Judy, but he's, I think, 71% rostered. He could be an option for you against the Chargers. Uh, DJ Moore left. He returned. He's fine. Dontavian Wicks left with the chest injury. Tajay Spears, I think he's fine. Um, TJ Hawkinson. So yeah, they might, they, we haven't gotten the word yet on Hawkinson, but this might be a serious knee injury. Might keep him out for a while. Hopefully not too, too long, but yeah, the, uh, you might see the Vikings without Addison and Hawkinson this week. Cole Komet. Do we, what do we know about Cole Komet's knee injury? Nothing yet. Nope. Other than he left the game and did not come back. We're not ranking him now. Okay. Correct. We've got injuries on the Falcons' offensive line. We've got a lot of injuries on the 49ers' offensive line. Trent Williams and his backup and another offensive lineman. They all left in the fourth quarter. They are at Washington this week. It's the dream matchup. It may not matter, but if Trent Williams doesn't play, will you hesitate at all with uh, Brock Purdy? Not in this game, no. It's a revenge game for Trent Williams. Oh, that's You'd right. expect him to try and do all that he can to get in there and play against his former team. I'm going to guess he he doesn't try and play. <laughs> they have such bigger goals than him trying to face Washington. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, if if that offensive line's in really rough shape and they're down to their third string left tackle, then I'm probably going to move Brock Purdy all the way down to like 
fifth in my quarterback rankings. Hmm. Uh, Baltimore also had a couple of offensive linemen get hurt last night in the fourth quarter. And their safety, Kyle Hamilton, who had two interceptions and one of the best plays of the year, getting destroyed on a block, an illegal block, and then getting up and intercepting a pass. I don't know if I'd call it one of the best plays of the year. One of the most unique plays of the year. He left it. No, it was one quarter. of the best. It was great. It was fun. Yeah. Um, Minnesota's edge rusher. They, they replaced him with Marcus Williams, which isn't exactly a huge drop-off. Uh, DJ Wanham for the Vikings. He is going to be out for a while. Um and that's uh, the Giants lost one of their, I don't know the severity, but the Giants' top cornerback, Deontay Banks, who was actually doing a great job on A.J. Brown. He left the game, and A.J. Brown started going off yesterday. Deontay Banks left with a shoulder injury. Pittsburgh linebacker, Orlando Roberts, left with an injury. And Houston safety, Jimmy Ward, played like four snaps. He's in the concussion protocol. All right, we're Jordan take- Brooks also left the game for Seattle. Got to keep it on that. Mm, okay, yep. that's a big li- linebacker for Seattle. It's a big deal yep. there. And the Wanham injury is pretty big for Minnesota's run defense, too. He's been a, he's been graded out as a good run defender for them this year. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll give you the top priorities at each position, beginning with the quarterbacks. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So are you going to trust Joe Flacco four straight games with 20 or more fantasy points against the Rams, Jaguars, Bears, and Texans? Now he's facing the team that gives up the fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, and only one quarterback's had a big game. That was Josh Allen against the New York Jets on Thursday. So we'll talk about the top priorities at quarterback. Jamie, who are the top three quarterbacks to get this week? Yeah, and, and you could, you know, mix the order up. But for me, actually, Nick Mullins is first. Um, you know, the Packers have been absolutely awful against quarterbacks lately. It's been so bad that even Bryce Young looked good against them last week. And so Mullins, I know he had four interceptions, still gave you 400 yards and two touchdowns. And I know you may say, okay, no Jordan Addison, no TJ Hawkinson. He did a lot of that with uh, Addison off the field. And not that Josh Oliver is TJ Hawkinson, but they'll scheme up to get their tight ends open. And, and Oliver is a good desperation play at the position too. So as long as he has Justin Jefferson healthy, I'm, I'm good with Mullins as a low end starter. So he's my favorite guy. Then you buy into Flacco just based on what he's done, but it's a tough matchup. Like you said, it's been five quarterbacks in a row twice with Tua that they've held quarterbacks with under 15 fantasy points. And so uh, only four quarterbacks in the season over 20 against them. So Flacco, I think could have his first somewhat down game on a short week. And then you have um, as the third option, uh, Dave mentioned Derek Carr. Uh, he's played well over 56 fantasy points in his last two games, taking on Tampa Bay. We know they've been bad for the most part over the course of the season. And so he's also in the mix if you need a quarterback this week. You know, I think you can make the case for any of those three. Yep. But with Flacco, it's more about, well, look what he's done and look what the track record is and look at all the pass attempts. And it, it's really nothing about the matchup. And the matchup is going to be pretty tough for him. 
So I, I have a tough time putting him first. Carr's got the better matchup. It's just, is, is Carr going to keep throwing like he has been? And if you were to tell me, all right, Taysom Hill is going to continue to barely play and Derek Carr is going to continue to throw the ball a lot, he would be at the top of the list for me. There was talk at halftime of the Vikings game against Detroit that maybe Nick Mullins didn't have it and that they would go to Josh Dobbs. And yeah. so I'm nervous that another rough start for Nick Mullins could end up absolutely sending him to the bench and being a, a disaster for fantasy managers. So I do have some trust issues with Nick Mullins. And it really took until late in the game for the Panthers offense. And I know it's the Panthers offense. It's this probably isn't that big of a deal, but like the Panthers offense did finally get going, but it took a while for them to do. Um, but the stats are the stats and it's for the last six quarterbacks against Green Bay. have had good games. That includes Bryce Young. That includes Baker Mayfield. Goff had a good game against them. So I, I get it with Mullins too. There's an argument to be made for all three. I think I'm going to end up landing on Carr first, though. But it's really close between him and Flacco. Are you playing these guys over Tua at Baltimore? Yep. Uh, Carr, yes. Flacco, probably. Mullins, maybe. Are you playing them over Kyle? Waddle against that defense? No chance. Well, yeah. I mean, let's say Waddle. It's an easier decision without Waddle. If Waddle plays. Right. I would expect Waddle to not play if he's got a high ankle sprain. Um, and if he plays, I don't think he'll be very effective. So it's kind of a problem either way. <laughs> Tell Trevor Lawrence not to play with a high angle sprain. Uh, what about Kyler Murray at Philadelphia? Is he easy over over these guys? Uh, as of now, no, but that might change. Yeah, you can make the case for him too. Okay. And Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins has thrown for over 700 yards. In his last two games, he's averaging 10 and a half yards per attempt, which would be the, the best in the NFL. Like Brock Purdy's leading at 9.9. It's driving me crazy. He's playing so poorly. <laughs> it just like, it's unreal. The mistakes, the terrible decisions, but 714 yards in two games with six touchdowns. He's a lot easier to, to start if you don't get penalized for turnovers. There's a few leagues that are like that. <laughs> or minimal penalties. Like, you only lose one point instead of two. All right, our Those top... Oh, sorry, Dave. Our top three running backs are Clyde Edwards-Hilaire facing the Bengals. Uh, Zamir White against the Indianapolis Colts, which is another great matchup. And Khalil Herbert against Chicago, which is... Against Atlanta, pardon me, which is actually a really bad matchup. They're second best and funny. With Herbert, you know, he's been pretty, pretty good in three or four games where he's gotten... 10 or more carries. One of those games, I think he left with an injury. But the three games that Herbert's been good in have been against Denver, Washington, and just last week. Sorry, who was it Arizona. last week? Arizona. I mean, this is arguably the three best matchups for running backs. So now he gets a team that's um, second best against running backs. Look, I don't think he's a must-start guy. Uh, the other two would be if they're starting. Um, for Herbert, though, you know, again, if you're just lost Pacheco again, you know, if you're down a flex, you know, because of all the receiver injuries, which is where the positions really, which position that's the position that's really the most beat up. Um, he's not bad knowing that he's going to most likely lead the team in touches. And of, of course, you know, as we said earlier, you have to watch the injuries, but the good news is there are only two teams in your league right now in most scenarios. So you can sort of, Add and drop as you please to a degree here, right? But so you take a chance on these guys at the start of the week. 
they're not the start of the week, but at the beginning of the week, Clyde, Zamir, and Khalil Herbert. Now, um, if Roshan Johnson were to play, would you would you rank Herbert highest among the Bears running backs? It has been a total guessing game this year with them. You mean Deontay Foreman? Um, what the he, hell is, uh, what did I say? You said Roshan. Um, What's wrong with me? Yeah, go ahead. If uh, if Foreman plays, I think you got to just stay away from it altogether because it's not an easy matchup. And then you're talking about the three guys probably splitting. Um, you know, Dave has done a good job of breaking this down that they've kind of rotated series, the, the, the two running downs guys, and then Roshan's played on third downs. And so with all three of them touching the ball to some extent, it's messy, you know, so you're hoping one of them falls into the end zone. Maybe Roshan has a few catches, but Atlanta last week, first time all season, they allowed a running back to score. It was Jonathan Taylor and they shut him down completely. They did. Uh, are there any other running backs that we need to talk about here, Dave? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to him later. We can get to him now. I mean, if- let's get to him now. Yeah. Um, in PPR, Amari DiMarcado had a lot of catches last week. If you expect the Cardinals to be chasing points, he's the one that'll be on the field. Might be good for like seven, eight PPR points. Definitely behind every running back we've talked about so far. Uh, I still think there's potential for Chase Brown to, uh, you know, he only sees like 20, 25% of the snaps for Cincinnati, but he can still make plays both on the ground through the air. Uh, Jeff Wilson, we talked about him on Sunday night. We mm-hmm. ex- expressed about, uh, you know, Moster was banged up starting in the second quarter, didn't play a lot after that. And Jeff Wilson was the one finishing him off, uh, finishing off the Cowboys, I should say, uh, late in the game. Those are all more like desperation running backs, but that's for the people who can't get their hands on Clyde, Zamir, or Khalil Herbert. And then the last one is Chris Rodriguez, yeah. who I probably should have started with if he's healthy enough to play. Certainly looks like a guy who could end up being the running downs guy for the commanders. It's just against the 49ers, not a matchup that you'd really want to go with him in, but maybe he can get you double digits in PPR. Well, or even not. If he and Brian Robinson are both out, I think Antonio Gibson's going to be a pretty interesting Get a lot of usage. player. I mean, he's going to be like Zeke, not quite, but in that same, we don't trust him, but he could just get so much work. Uh, what about Justice Hill? He played 62% of the snaps. Gus Edwards played 43% of the snaps. He had three catches. And he. I think with without Keaton Mitchell, kind of before Keaton Mitchell emerged, and now this one game after, not surprising to see three to four catches. Not a guarantee for Justice Hill, but... I don't know. He he gives you something there. Jamie, any interest in him against the Dolphins? Not much. Um, but like you said, he did play a lot. I think a lot of that came late in the game when they were up by two touchdowns or three touchdowns at that point. Uh, did have three catches, so you know can do that a little bit more than Gus Edwards, who had just the one big reception on a great play by Lamar Jackson. Uh, I would actually put Leonard Fournette ahead of all the guys we just talked about, um, just with the potential of Latavius Murray didn't get a carry. And Ty Johnson's got a shoulder injury, and James Cook had a bad fumble in that game. And we've seen certainly Murray get a lot of touchdown opportunities, converting them or not. Fournette may play more than we expect against the Patriots, and certainly if that game's a blowout, which it could be in Buffalo, I take Fournette over DeMarcado, over Brown, over Wilson, over banged up Rodriguez at this point. Um, he'd be my fourth running back to add this week. All right. Dave, let's talk about some wide receivers. Who are your favorite wide receivers? I've got Rashid Shahid at the top of the list, and this isn't an amazing list, but if again, if we're going back to New Orleans and if they're going to throw a lot against Tampa, I want to try and take advantage of that matchup Shahid would be at the top of the list. Um, tough call for me at number two between K.J. Osborne and Demarcus Robinson. Robinson's just been getting it done. 
He's been part of the reason why Stafford's had good numbers. He brings a speed element to that Rams offense, and they're taking on the Giants. It's a really favorable matchup for him. But I think Osborne, if there's no Jordan Addison, and that's the if with him, he'll be the number two wide receiver. We've already talked about how much Nick Mullins throws, the type of yardage that's out there for the taking. Osborne had 95 yards against Detroit. So I would imagine that he'll have some opportunities against Dallas to come through. So I will rank them Shahid one, Osborne two, Demarcus Robinson three. Pretty similar to the list that Jamie provided earlier to me, which is Shahid one, Demarcus Robinson two, DJ Chark three against Jacksonville or at Jacksonville. Yeah, revenge game, baby. <laughs> I like, to oh, like that's that. That's a good point. It's a good narrative. And Osborne he was outstanding four. in the second half last week. One name I didn't see was Josh Palmer at Denver. I know it's not a great matchup. Yeah, I didn't even bother with him. No? Okay. He made my list, but he's not in the top four. How are we feeling in general about the very iffy Packers wide receiver situation? Uh, well, you got one guy that you can trust, and that's Romeo Dobbs. And so he's uh, number three receiver. And then just looking at how they you know, distribute the targets, Bo Melton was the second guy involved. You know, Tucker Craft obviously was, was a big part of it. You know they'll throw to Aaron Jones to an extent. So Melton in deeper leagues would be the one I'd look at. Okay. And they're Sunday night at Minnesota. So let's hope Christian Watson comes back, and that, that'll be fun. Uh, it seems like Reed would be closer. I mean, just based on how the injury report designation was last week, you know, one was doubtful, one was questionable. Yeah, but I like sure. Christian Watson better. Just, you know, he's more fun. Tight end. He's kind of sort of from that area. It would be a homecoming game for Christian. I'll Watson. take I'll take baby Debo. Oh, did you know, Jamie, that Ken Walker is actually from Tennessee? I did not. Yeah, I heard it on the broadcast. It's like, yeah, that helped. Yeah, I know. Hey, went to, it was, I think he went to Vanderbilt before he went to <laughs> Michigan State. Is, am I crazy? Uh, he grew up around there. That's all I know. And uh, they said, oh, it's a homecoming for you. And apparently he said, uh, nope, my parents are back home in Seattle waiting for me to. Uh, I'm wrong. It wasn't Vanderbilt. It was Wake Forest. Yeah, I knew that. I knew he was an ACC guy. Yeah. All right. So uh, top wide receivers, Shahid, Osborne, Demarcus Robinson, DJ Chark in there as well. Tight ends, Jamie, who are we looking at this week? Uh, still Waller. He qualifies at 65%. He'd be my first uh, place. He'd be the first one to go look at. Gerald Everett would be second at 53%. He's got a good rapport going with Easton Stick. Tucker Craft would be third. Uh, you know, we'll see how he does. He got a little bit banged up in the game, but Musgrave is potentially eligible to return. They opened the window last week, so just keep that in mind. And then Josh Oliver, just with the thought of um, Hawkinson potentially Missing time, didn't look good, uh, and we'll, we'll find out the results of the MRI. And then just in case Michael Pittman's not back, we saw Kylan Granson have a big game for the Colts, so he's worth taking a look at also. It's actually kind of exciting because Waller has the Rams, who are the new you know, Texans, basically. Bengals. Bengals, yeah. whatever. They're so bad against tight ends. And if you watched the game yesterday, it wasn't good for Waller, but it got a lot better when... Taylor came in and, and Taylor missed him on what should have been a touchdown on a fourth da- or on his third down or whatever it was. Um, big play. Uh, so Waller and then Everett is facing the Broncos. They gave up the most fantasy points to tight ends. Donald Parham has missed each of the last two games, right? He didn't end up playing last Parham week. missed two games in a row, yes. Yeah, so we'll see if he gets back. That obviously helps Everett when Parham is out. Kraft- I think it's more if Keenan Allen comes back. Well, sure, sure. Uh, Kraft has been good. I mean... 64, 57, 60 yards in three straight games, but he doesn't get a lot of targets. 
and he has the toughest matchup in that group. Sure, but if all those injuries at wide receiver for Green Bay don't end up having positive news, then he should see maybe more targets than what we'd expect otherwise. More than six. What if Dalton Schultz is available against Tennessee and or Kyle Pitts is available at Chicago? Uh, Similar range to Waller, ahead of everybody else. Yeah, like I'd pick those guys ahead of uh, Tucker Craft. Okay. So let's go to DSTs then, Jamie. Who are our favorite DSTs this week? Uh, Rams, they get uh, either Tommy DeVito, who's clearly struggling, or Tara Taylor. But I think that's a, a decent streaming option. The Raiders look great um, last two weeks. I, I know it's been varying various degrees. Um, do you have that the stat I sent you yesterday, Adam, about what the Chiefs did? What Aiden O'Connell did? No, what the Chiefs did in terms of the scoring allowed? No. Or the Raiders, how they scored? No. I said, uh, you sent me I'll, something? I'll read it to you. Oh. Yes. I Why think. don't you just tell us what the Raiders... <laughs> what? I thought you might have it in front of you. Um, Is that Seinfeld? No. Uh, yes, it was. The Raiders... Um, it's movie phone. Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass in three quarters. <laughs> yeah. He was. He had 62 yards passing in the first quarter and then did not complete a pass Nothing. in the final three quarters. Yeah. So big big part of uh, Devontae Adams' struggles. Uh, to when, when I said Adam, it was a tweet from uh, Ben Fox. I think I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, Adam's reply was, holy bleep. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but the Raiders will be second. The Bucks will be third. Um, the Texans will be fourth, and the Seahawks will be fifth. All right, so the Rams at the Giants. Uh, the Raiders at the Colts. None of these are necessarily, oh, my God, must-start DSTs. Yeah. But we learned our lesson last week with, hey, look at all these must-start DSTs. Browns, bad. Bills, bad. Broncos, bad. Commanders, bad. Like, Bears, know. bad. Maybe there was a lot of offense this week, I guess. I there know. was. Yeah. Well, it was but, also just like the DSTs were just struggling. Dave, you don't know that Seinfeld moment? That was when Kramer is movie phone. He's trying to be movie no, phone. That's, it, I've used to call movie phone all the time when I was a kid. Okay, well, that's Kramer. Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you'd like to see? Or whatever. What? You're Really? You're joking with me. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> and uh, Jamie, which kickers? Of Seinfeld. Okay, which kickers are we picking up? Uh, still Haversek. He's been he's been very solid. Cameron Dicker coming off his big game. Uh, Chase McLaughlin, Jason Myers, and Daniel Carson. Dave, are you down with IDP? Yeah, you know me. Um, for the record, I always thought that Brown Eyed Girl was a Christmas movie. Okay, defensive line. Christian <laughs> Barmore has been huge the last two weeks, figuratively and literally. Uh, for the Patriots and starting to get more tackles. I like him a lot at D-line, but Malcolm Kuntz is someone that really got a chance to play once Antonio Pierce took over. And while he's not quite as good in the tackle department, five sacks in his last two games, a couple of forced fumbles, he would be the DL to go get after Barmore. Jordan Hicks is a one-time Adam Azer favorite, came Mm. back to the Vikings on Sunday Mm. against the Lions, nine total tackles and a pass defense. Other linebackers I like. I think we're rich at linebacker this week. EJ Speed with the Colts. Kalik Hudson with the Commanders. Uh, He took over for Jamin Davis. And Cody Barton is also in there for Washington. Caden Ellis for, I believe, Atlanta. And then defensive back Brandon Jones, three straight weeks with at least 11 fantasy points, uh, at least five tackles in those games, two of them with seven tackles. 
plenty of other pass defense stats. He's my favorite DB. Melifanu from Detroit is another one. And Eric Rowe got a chance to start at safety for the Steelers. And he was solid. Okay. You guys see uh, Chunnel this weekend? No. All right. That's a Seinfeld joke. Thank you, Dave, for smiling. <laughs> I appreciate it. I was going to say, I, uh, I am like repulsed by Christmas movies right now. December 26th, if there's a Christmas movie on, there's no chance I'm watching it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm done. Season is over. All right. Who we got in shallow leagues, Jamie? We, uh, I didn't bother. All right. Well, I, I have some guys. <laughs> That might okay. be they're in the seventy percent range. So let me go because you know this is an interesting part of it too. All right. So so what about Jake Browning if he's available? Any what's your interest level in him this week? We'll see if Jamar Chase comes back. That's obviously a big piece to you know clearly what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, but he'd be in the same mix as as the other three guys that we talked about. I, I feel like he'd be behind them though. Yeah, I know he's been so. putting up good numbers, but I just <clears throat> I I still believe in this Chiefs defense to be. Solid, and I think it'll be tough on Browning, especially in a game that now Kansas City like absolutely positively has to win. If they lose now, it's really terrible. Actually, I, I hope Jamar Chase comes back because that will be Sneed versus Chase, and he is, I think, the most impactful cornerback in football this year. Mm-hmm. He better be all, all pro, and he'll probably do a pretty good job. He's just he's just freaking awesome this year. Uh, all right. Uh, the other guy had a quarterback in shot. Oh, uh, Geno Smith against Pittsburgh. How do you feel about him? Like same him. range. Yep. He's. I, I would rather have Geno than Browning, but he's should be safe for right around twenty fantasy points. Okay. A little worried about the upside. Uh, the shallow league running backs are pretty interesting, I think, because you have if you can still get them. Antonio Gibson. We talked about earlier. He's seventy-two percent rostered. Uh, maybe that was the only guy I had. Oh, Tajay Spears, 71%. He keeps scoring like double-digit PPR fantasy points, basically three of his last four games, getting a lot of catches, facing Houston, which is a brutal run defense. But I guess it's really uh, an Antonio Gibson discussion. So how would you rank Gibson with Clyde, Zamir White, and Khalil Herbert? Assuming that everybody's injured, I would say Clyde is one. Samir is two, Gibson is three, and Herbert's four. Agreed. Okay. 49ers run defense is is pretty good, but not elite. Like, And also, they've been missing Eric Armstead for the last three games, who's their best run stopper. So we'll see if he comes back. Uh, wide receivers. Okay, the shallow league wide receivers would be Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. uh, JSN, mm. Noah Brown, Mm-hmm. And then maybe like a Romeo Dobbs, he's eighty-one percent rostered. Josh Downs yeah. had nine targets uh, last week. Yeah, PPR guy. And he, did I say anyone that uh, piqued your interest? Uh, Dobbs for obvious reasons could easily be the number one wide receiver for the Packers. I'm not trying to get fooled by Jerry Judy, but if Cortland Sutton's out against the Chargers, it's interesting. It's you're going to get fooled. Tempting. By Jerry Judy. All right. I mean, it's tempting, though. Yeah, it, it's always tempting to put your hand palm down on a hot stove. <laughs> Let's just do it again with Jerry Judy. Yeah, it's right, right there on the stove. Yeah. Yeah, All right. no. Um, what, who are the other guys? I said Josh Downs. I mean, yeah, I didn't mention Josh Downs. I mentioned that he's pretty good in PPR. But Pittman, if Pittman comes back, that hurts him of course, a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, a wide receiver we didn't mention, he's actually 59% rostered, is Curtis Samuel, coming off a terrible game against the Jets. Oh, but yep. are we done with him? I don't know how you trust him. Um, yeah, it's, it's you know, is it a bad matchup? I would say no. <clears throat> the 49ers, not a good matchup, but... I don't believe... I know he's not second. I might actually have this screen still up, but I think he's either third or fourth in target share from Jacoby Brissett. I have it right here. He is... No, he's tied for second with Jahan Dotson and John Bates in target share. All right. So if if Jerry... It's not a high number. It's 18%. It's not great. Cortland Sutton, we're out. And you can choose between Jerry Judy or Rashid Shahid. Who are you going with? Shahid. Okay. And is Shahid 49% rostered facing the Buccaneers on the road? Is Shahid going to be a top 30 wide receiver for you this week? No. Close to it. All right. So the, the waiver wire prizes are not at wide receiver. No. Well, again, but, you know, you might not have Chase. You might not have Pittman. You might not have Waddle. You might not have Sutton. I mean, it's, uh, you know, for people who advanced and somehow got by with those guys either leaving or not playing you might be desperate or you might need to flex. All right. Shallow league tight ends would be Schultz and Pitts, basically. And uh, so Schultz is facing Tennessee, who's now number one against tight ends, I believe. But he just faced Cleveland, who was number one. Now they're number two against tight ends. He had eight catches for 61 yards. But again, deceiving, though, because Cleveland, without Grant Delpit, should have given up two huge games to tight ends because if Tunyon catches that pass. Right. This is also Tennessee, you know, without Bayard for a while now. They gave up their first touchdown. They just faced Dalton Schultz, and he had four catches for 58 yards. Before that, Kylan Grant. Yeah, I mean, it's not an easy matchup. But if Stroud is back, this would be Stroud without Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz having a big opportunity. I mean, Yeah, he's low in start. I mean, look, we're talking about Darren Waller hasn't done anything since he's come back. And, you know, who knows who, who, knows who his quarterback is? He potentially should have had a touchdown against the Eagles um, on the opening drive. It's uh, it, it it's that's the type of range you're looking at. You know, not a slam dunk must dark guy, but if you are stuck, you just lost Hawkinson. It'd be nice to have a a Kyle Pitts coming off a, a decent game, or you know Schultz with the potential to be a target hog. And Pitts has three got three good games in his last four, and they're at the Bears. All right, uh, Dave, you have any deep league guys? At tight end? At, at anywhere. Okay, so I'll start at tight end then. Uh, Jawan Johnson has to be brought up, and I know that he's a little tricky, but touchdowns in each of his last two games, he's available in 72% of leagues. The two games where he scored, two games where Taysom Hill's barely played, he's running a bunch of routes. If there's no Michael Thomas back, if everything kind of stays the same in that New Orleans pass game, I think Jawan Johnson absolutely should be discussed, and I like him better than Kraft. I would trust him over Conklin, who's a low upside play, even though he's got that Browns matchup. Uh, I thought Chico Conquo did some nice things with with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. So there's definitely some potential there. Um, if there's no Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, 99% available on CBS Sports Leagues, but you've got to be pretty desperate there. We went over all the wide receivers. Like Demarcus Robinson, still 95% available. He would be the best of the deep league guys. Chark, 83% available. Um, DeMarcado is 86% of it. We really went through everybody else at all the other positions. So I guess tight end was really the only one that was worth going through there. 
and Jawan Johnson, top of the list. I, I, Johnson, to me, like he should be seriously considered amongst Waller and Everett. Um, Hunter Henry, I don't know if you guys talked about him, but if he's healthy, yeah. he's been a guy that Bailey Zappi's leaned on. You yeah. could always stash him and see. Yeah, and you know, these men, names, names, some of them were mentioned earlier, but uh, Greg Dortch for the Cardinals facing Philadelphia, Cedric Wilson for the Dolphins at Baltimore, Darius Slayton, uh, he had one solid game with uh, Sarad Taylor earlier this year, and he gets the I think this, this kind of speaks to the Giants. He's been their leading receiver in four of the last five years. Oh, my gosh. That is gross. He's not bad. He's not bad. It's just I know he. No, he had that bad. that deep target he had was fantastic. He's a solid. He should be like Scored. a number three receiver on a good. Yeah, team. yeah. <clears throat> but the Rams are really bad against the pass. They're just. It's a great matchup. You just don't know if it's going to be a Wandale week or whatever. Uh, yeah, Bo Melton. It, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Bo Melton for the Packers. If everyone's out, Marvin Mims for the Broncos. Brandon Johnson for the Broncos. Um. There's one other player that I, I, I tweeted this yesterday. I don't, I can't recommend him or anything, but I just we're seeing something different from Jamison Williams. He's running shorter routes. He's getting a lot more targets lately. They've got potentially the big shootout against the Cowboys on the road. So um, you never know. But it's not just I hope he catches a deep ball. It's a little bit more involvement. From no, they're definitely trying to get him involved. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they said as much a few weeks ago too. They said we want to get him more involved. Usually that doesn't mean anything. But um, all right. That's that's it for that. Let's take a break. When we come back, we can run through the waiver wire again if we need to, or we can talk about yesterday's games or Christmas presents or whatever it may be. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Dave, I got my Christmas ham. Had it on. Uh, I knew you would. Yeah, Two different homes made ham. I made it on Monday. Brother-in-law made it on Sunday. It was delicious. Um, we had some really good food. I don't know if you guys, did you guys get Chinese food? Uh, no, we went to a friend's house because we had some friends in town. So we barbecued. It was good. A Christmas nice. barbecue. Most states, you can't do that, but <laughs> good for you guys. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, all right. Your thoughts on the games yesterday. we start with the Eagles and Giants, Philadelphia 33, Giants 25. Uh, Giants hung around, which was fun to see. You know, uh, they made it a game. Um, bad pick six by uh, Jalen Hurts. And um, DeAndre Swift, good to see him bounce back and, and perform well. Uh, could have had two touchdowns if his knee wasn't down um, yep. on the one. Uh, First drive of the game, right? 
or he cut it back. Boston Scott, unfortunately, did not keep his streak alive. Did have a bad fumble. He, tried, he, but, he led to a touchdown. A, uh, a Barkley did, touchdown, but yes, yeah. He did lead to a Barkley touchdown. <laughs> um, but no, it was good to see the Eagles guys bounce back. Devontae Smith playing through the injury. And uh, you mentioned it. I, I, I didn't realize it coincided with the uh, with the injury at, at, at corner for the Giants, but it felt like Jalen Hurts was like, I don't want to hear A.J. Brown chirping at me. So I'm just going to start peppering with targets. Yeah, I got 11 of them. Actually, I think you look at the targets. This is a pretty interesting storyline. The last two games, Dallas Goddard has seven, 18 targets, and Devontae Smith has 10. And I know Smith, was he was bad at Seattle. Five catches for 50 yards. Very productive in this game, but only five targets. And it's not great. I mean, I, I don't think anyone could possibly consider sitting any eagle against the Cardinals, basically. But it is not, not ideal. Um, what's your confidence level in Barkley? You know, Boston Scott changed that game. It, it, you said they hung around. I mean, really, the Eagles let them hang around, right? Boston Scott fumbles inside the 10. Dallas Goddard slipped on the pick six, or it probably would have been a completion. But the Giants offense did basically nothing until the Eagles gave them opportunities. Uh, but Barkley, you know, I was I was nervous about him, and I don't really think he did much. You know, I think he got a little lucky, quite honestly. Um, yeah, and this week against the Rams, which is a tough Eagles run defense is falling apart. They didn't have two starting linebackers in this game. So, but anyway, thoughts on Barkley against the Rams this week? How confident are you, Dave? So I, I like that he played 90% of the snaps. I like that he dominated on third downs. He had both their snaps inside the 10, the efficiency. Hopefully that's the next thing to go up. I don't know if we can count on that against the Rams this week because the Rams run defense has been absolutely awesome. But I think that there's room for him. I think you start him as a high-end RB2. I don't think you commit to him and say, all right, he's going to give me another you know, 16 PPR points, something like that. I think he'll fall a little short of that. But I think he's got potential to continue to carry the Giants offense. And uh, I don't know what happened last week. He must have been banged up, and that's why he didn't get his usual allotment of snaps. The fact that they went right back to him this week, uh, that's encouraging to me. So I'm encouraged to start Saquon. Okay. Go to the uh, the earlier game, the Chiefs and the Raiders, Jamie. Any big tip? <sighs> what the hell happened to the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday? The offensive line was bad. Everything was bad. I mean, what? how many plays were there where Patrick Mahomes was scrambling around, looking downfield, and then he just ended up running? So he's running his offensive line without his starting left tackle, and then the right guard, Smith, got hurt. Um, so they weren't protecting him, and then his receivers weren't getting open. He That's should what uh, I ask thought. back for the. He should take the golf carts back. Um, it uh, it's it's bad. I mean, look, he's uh, he's arguably the biggest bust in fantasy of the season, Mahomes. Um, depending on what his ADP is by comparison to the injured guys, if you want to consider them, you know, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, those guys. But if you just look at non-injured players, it's basically him and Tony Pollard are the two biggest busts this season, um, based on ADP. The fact that he got you 18 fantasy points is lucky, you know, is yes. the way that feels. And Kelsey's obviously had a bad season too, you know, so he's up there. So it's just been, you know, a byproduct, I think, of the entire season, how we've seen these guys. And I think we thought, okay, here comes the Raiders, who he beat up earlier this season. And then you get the championship week, you get the Bengals. And it just doesn't feel like safe anymore with him. Mm-hmm. So, no. you know, you have a hot Baker Mayfield right now. You have, you know, I know Purdy struggled last week, but he gets Washington. You have Jared Goff in a potential shootout with the Cowboys. Um, 
Well, oh, there's what some about the waiver wire guys? What about the Flacco's and the no, 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 there's no chance I would take my chances. There's no chance I would I would bank on a fantasy championship with Nick Mullins or Derek Carr or any of those guys over Mahomes. But I mean, at this point, would it surprise you if those guys were better? No. Well, you're not in the finals if you have Mahomes anyway. I am. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, uh, he 18 points wasn't that bad. A lot of it was the rushing, but yeah. it, it was it was an ugly game. They looked terrible. And look, the to to say he's he's a bust, a lot of it is on the personnel around him. You know, it's it, it when you when you break it down, the receivers have been terrible. They did him no favors this offseason. You know, it's like you're expecting Travis Kelsey to be Superman again and again and again, and he just wasn't this year. And you know, Rice got hot, but Kadarius Tony led to so many mistakes and yeah, problems. Yeah. Sky Moore was a disaster. Sky Moore was a mess. You know, sure, I, I, I'm I'm hoping they you know not knowing what their cap situation is, throw a lot of money at. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, Michael Pittman, you know, whoever is going to be a- available, yeah. that that they they can hopefully, and then still draft again, you know, spend some more draft capital at that position because they have to prepare for life after Kelsey, and it's coming quickly. They need to take all of their draft capital and all of next year's draft capital and go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, that's not happening. No. I don't think so either. But neither is T. Higgins and neither is Michael Pittman. Oh, I think Higgins is going to be free. No, Higgins is going to get tagged. No chance Higgins is getting tagged. They can't afford that. Why? No, they can. They can can afford one year. Higgins is out the door. I don't think so. I I think he gets tagged. You're it. Okay. Uh, Just imagine how bad it would be if they didn't have Rushy Rice. Imagine if Rice, like, wasn't good, wasn't developed, or if they were hesitant to use him. Let's not forget when you when you starting him next week. By the way, yeah, when you pay your quarterback, you know, a lot of money, you have to lose Tyreek Hill. They they can't. That's why I don't think they can trade up for a Marvin Harrison. Whatever, because first of all, he's going to be like a top three pick. But they can't. Yeah, I don't think Arizona's going to let him. They need all those picks. I mean, they need to build a roster. It's tough to pay a quarterback and win sometimes. Um, Mahomes. We could dream about Mahomes to. That, well, last year Mahomes was kind of an exception, winning the Super Bowl. Right, most quarterback, most teams that win the Super Bowl, I feel like, am I crazy here? They have like a fairly cheap quarterback. I guess the Rams. Well, didn't. Brady always took those cheaper deals, so yeah, you know, he wasn't he wasn't compensated to the level of what a player of his stature is typically compensated. But um, yes, the the formula for success has typically been quarterback toward the end of rookie deal, right. And lots of big pieces around, which is why the 49ers are in such great shape. Yeah. All right. Baltimore 33, San Francisco 19. It was not as close as the score. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was amused by that. Zay Flowers. I was surprised. It's just a huge game for him. Awesome. Isaiah likely looks really good. And he didn't have a big game, but. Nope. I agree. What else you got from this game? You can drop lot, Odell back. A lot of tip passes. A lot of tip passes. Ravens you came on at the end of the game. He was, you know, good to see coming into this week's game against Washington. Not that anybody's benching him, but I mean, look, they'll all bounce back. You know, I, I know the offensive line's a huge concern, but really at that point, like I'm just watching the game. Just get those guys off the field. Like when Trent Williams went down and then Purdy's getting beat up, it's like, what are they doing? I know they're trying to come back and win the game, and look, they they had a chance to make it close, yeah. but they're down three touchdowns. The minute the minute that Williams left the game, it was like just no. You're you're, 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 you're you all you play scared. They, no, I don't play scared. Yes, I play they smart. Were, no, they, they, they lost Adam. 
they lost their left tackle and their quarterback and another offensive lineman in the game. Like, what, they, what was the Jamie, point of that? they were, okay, they had a chance. If they had scored, the biggest play of that game, basically, was McCaffrey, just over two minutes left, getting stopped. If they score on the right side of the two-minute warning with two timeouts left, they make it a seven-point game. They make okay, it a seven-point game. Score? What's that? How'd they score? They didn't score. No, how'd they score to make it a two-touchdown game? How did they score? What do you mean? Arnold with Darnold. Darnold got the through the Iuke. And yeah, then, but had, had, but that's had his game. point, Adam, is that Darnold was back in the game. Okay, they did because Purdy got hurt, but they didn't take yes, they didn't exactly, take they the did point. not do it. They did not do it with backups. They did it. They did they it had Iuke and Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey. No, but the they, touchdown was with a backup left tackle, a backup guard, I a backup but, quarterback, but and a backup they, wide receiver. Why would they just quit? They were they were two yards away from making it a seven point game. You just pull your starters. They were two yards away from making a seven-point game. You think you want them to do that with all and, of their and, starters out? And if out? they lost McCaffrey or they lost Ayuk or they lost they Debo Samuel like or they that. lost George Kittle or if Purdy has to miss any time, where are they going? They're playing to win the game. They're playing For to what? win the game. They For were what? in it. They had a they chance. They were down three touchdowns and lost their left tackle and their quarterback. And, For what? and, you should, and, and they had a chance to make it a yeah, one-score game. Yeah, how's the Giants game going without their quarterback? They had that's a, been fun, right? It, that's got nothing to do with it. That's their absolutely line. nothing to do with it. Absolutely. You lose players, it's the worst thing that can of happen. Of course. To you. So, so what? So every time they're down by two scores in the fourth quarter, they just pull everybody. They're down everybody? by three scores in the fourth quarter, and you pull your guy. And they're so good offensively yes, that they were two they yards so away. Sam Darnold to Ronnie Bell. You, led you to a bench touchdown. everyone. You, oh, you. No, when everyone. I'm down three touchdowns, dude, that's ridiculous. Absolutely no, ridiculous. They, they were obvious. They proved. They proved that they were right by getting to the two-yard line to make it a seven-point game. If Darnold doesn't take that stupid sack where he doesn't see the guy coming, they probably score a touchdown. They got a chance to, to get the ball back. They got a chance to win the game. And if they lose any other players, if Trent Williams is done because of his groin injury and Brock Purdy is done for I, any significant stretch, there was no reason to keep those guys there. You could play that game. With every team in so many games. Not the when your coaches, team is a Super Bowl contender. Coaches leave their players in no. games no longer way. than they than we think they should because that's what these guys do. They go, they play football. Like, you know, I, I, they just, they're not going to, they're not going to just give up. At, at down three touchdowns when your best offensive lineman left the game and your quarterback is getting destroyed after, by the way, a four interception game, you pull him out of the game. He was you pull out. McCaffrey out of the game, who's another MVP candidate. And you, if you want to keep Debo and, and, and Ayuk in because they're at less risk, which I would still pull them anyway, to me that was ridiculous. They were just getting beat up left and right. All right, but they, they, they were obviously still felt they were in the game, and they were justified in thinking so. All right, whatever. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how long those guys are out. I really don't think we need – well, those guys – but those guys were out anyway. I mean – Yes, that's why you pulled the other guys. I – I don't know. I mean, they they wanted to win the game. They weren't giving up. You know, it's like you know, yeah. I think they weren't giving up, and they and they made a pretty good run at it. All right. Anyway, I don't know if there's still more waiver wire that you guys want to talk about. We could just recap here, um, in case you missed anything. Quarterback, it's Nick Mullins, Joe Flacco, and Derek Carr. Dave expressed some reservations about Mullins in case he does get pulled. So I think Dave had Carr first. I don't think they could have pulled him for Dobbs, though. I think Dobbs was the third quarterback. It could be Jaron Hall, but it's not a T. Unless you've got a TQB situation, there's a little bit of risk there with Mullins. I do like the matchup. Don't like that he doesn't have his full complement of receivers. Uh, Terod Taylor, I, I think he's actually played pretty well this year. I think he's been by far the best Giants quarterback. And He's better the for the Giants than DeVito. I hope they start him. 
Yeah, me too. DeVito's a fun story, but I, I think that if Terod's ready to go, they start Terod. So obviously it's not a one QB league thing, but if you're in a two QB league, he, he has a good matchup. Uh, and Mason Rudolph is 2% rostered. And, and I, we don't know, you know, if it's going to be Rudolph or Pickett, I suppose. But uh, he's got Seattle. They've been kind of up and down. And let's see. At running back, you know, it's the big three. If you want to throw Gibson in there, it's the big four of Clyde, Zamir White, Gibson, and Khalil Herbert. And we're just waiting on injury news for everyone else. Jamie likes Leonard Fournette as, well, I wouldn't say likes him, but he's got him as the uh, the next running back. And there's Justice Hill, Amari DiMarcato. I don't really know what the seven catches were all about. Uh, and, you know, don't don't count out Chris Rodriguez if he does get back. He was in a walking boot, though. Um, Jeff Wilson's another guy if there's any... Mostert injury. You can keep an eye on Jeff Wilson at Baltimore. Yeah, McDaniel didn't say anything yesterday, so yeah. I'm assuming Mostert's fine. Uh, and then at, at wide receiver, Rashid Shahid is number one for both Dave and Jamie, but he's not even a top 30 wide receiver. Demarcus Robinson, DJ Chark in the revenge game, KJ Osborne could have an opportunity. We have not talked about Demario Douglas, I don't think. Maybe we briefly did. but PPR fi- guy might be good for 10. I think he had 12 PPR, 13 PPR against Denver. I mean, that's the range. Not exciting. Okay. And then Dorch, Cedric Wilson, Slayton, Bo Melton, Marvin Mims, Brandon Johnson. These are deep, deep league guys for the most yeah. part. Slayton makes sense as the one to go after as like a high upside play. I'm surprised there wasn't any any love for Josh Palmer. You know, in week 15 when he came back, he played only 72% of the snaps. Week 16, he played 93% of the snaps. So mm-hmm. if yep. if Keenan Allen's out, I think he's you know the number one guy. Although he only, he's, yeah, he's he in the mix. It's, just, it's hard to get excited about him, Adam. Oh, yeah. He's he's in that same – like we saw the big upside play in week 15, that long touchdown against the Raiders. I still feel like he's like a 10 PPR point type of guy. Maybe a little more. Maybe a little better than that. Maybe I'm selling him a little short, but yeah, he's, he's not getting – you know, pummeled with targets from Easton stick and the fun positions this week. They're, they're running back and tight end with Waller and Everett with great matchups. Of course, with Everett, we're waiting to see if Keenan Allen plays uh, Tucker craft would possibly be third on the list. He's got 57 or more yards in three straight games, albeit on four to six targets in all three games. He has a tougher matchup with Minnesota on the road. Um, Josh Oliver's on this list. <clears throat> if Hawkinson's out, which looks like will be the case, Kylan Granson, if Pittman's out, and then in the shallower leagues, you got Dalton Schultz and Kyle Pitts, who are kind of in that Darren Waller range. Dave mentioned Juwan Johnson in deep leagues. I would mention Chigo Conquo, but I don't know. He caught his touchdown from Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. And uh, good luck with Chigo Conquo. Yeah. Um, Rams DST. Yeah. Like, do you like any of these DSTs? I mean, we we had to say some, but are you excited to pick any of them up? Low low end starters options at best. Mm-hmm. Rams at the Giants, Raiders at the Colts, Bucks against the Saints, Texans against the Titans, Seahawks against the Steelers. Kickers: Lucas Haversick, Cameron Dicker, Chase McLaughlin, Jason Myers, and Daniel Carlson. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24/7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, can't wait to read the comments. I am already getting smashed, so, you know, I play to win the game. What can I tell you? You play to get your guys killed. JB plays to win the next game. <laughs> no, I play to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I care more about the regular season national team Obviously. game. Yeah, that's me. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. Congratulations we, on uh, playing the fantasy finals. Should we get should we get lucky tomorrow? That's an interesting question. Sure. Lucky player for the fantasy finals will uh, be announced tomorrow. Ah, all right. Okay, we'll the come bench up. stash, good karma, lucky player to help you dominate in week 17. All right. Who was it last year? Mechie? I believe it was John Mechie last year. Okay. Excellent. Everybody that picked him up won their fantasy final. It's a fact. Yep. And I remember one year was Tebow. Tebow was it one year. <laughs> Tim Patrick one year. Uh-huh. All right, folks. There might be more than one this year. State, no, no, I I won't allow. Well, the player that I really want is actually on a couple of leagues still. What is this? You play? <laughs> Look at you! You played Adam Azer as Herm Edwards. Hello. You played over the game. Oh, great! There's a poll, huh? All right, let's let's see the poll results. I can't can't wait uh, to you, see this. You have to see this on YouTube. Uh, who is right? Adam, play to win the game. Jamie, pull starters or C result. I'm just going to vote for C result. No, I'm going to vote for me. Oh, it's, it's close. 44% Jamie, 37% Adam, and 20% now. It's fluctuating. 18, 20% C results. Okay, fine. I'll take that. A, a narrow loss. I'm, I'm into that. One out of every five people hit C results. Yeah, I know, right? I feel like you should have an opinion on this. All right. That's Schaefer being influenced by Heath even putting that option on there. We'll uh, talk, to <laughs> talk to you tomorrow with some Week 17 tough calls and the lucky player on Fantasy Football Today. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.